Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. And welcome to Shameless, the celebrity and pop culture podcast that was described to me a few weeks ago as a horrid concept, but lovely try. I'm not kidding either. You're joined by Melbourne journalists, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Who said that? Um, who who said that this is a horrid concept? Um, so I was at drinks. This uh, this actually happened. It was funny, though. It was a funny story. Um, I was at drinks a few weeks back, and I was talking to a friend of a friend, and he was quite drunk, and he said... It's always the friend of the I friend that does it. I saw this podcast thing, and he said, horrid concept, but my girlfriend will listen to it. As in, horrid concept, I'm not interested in pop con- culture. Horrid concept is in, like, it's such a girly thing to care about celebrities. Yeah. Oh. But no, it was funny. It was funny. Was it? Well, I was just uh, lovely. Try. I was like, I'm, but I'm so happy you're doing it. It's so good that you're doing it. I was like, you would only say that if you've had about ten drinks. No, 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 I reckon thirty. He would be he, quite mortified yeah, to hear. Lo- he said and he's that. also lovely. All right. Well, I don't think he'd be listening, so it doesn't matter. If I ever come across him, I'll bring it up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, coming up on today's show, what's it like being in the public eye and knowing you're not a size six? We chat to former bachelorette Georgia Love about what it's like having your body Body fodder for tabloid fascination. Plus, the saga surrounding who bit Beyonce, and we ask, can we judge Scott Disick for dating 19-year-old Sophia Ritchie? But first, Michelle, of course. How was your week? Um, look, it was okay. My, I'm obviously an AFL diehard fan. You know this. I go for Richmond, and Richmond lost on Thursday. So I'm, I'll Does be that completely set the honest. Tone for your entire week, it sets the tone for my entire weekend. Um, my boyfriend and I are the exact same, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm just going to be completely honest. If my football team loses, I will feel down for probably two days afterwards. Why don't you? Just... So I'm just coming out of it. Today will be the day where I kind of pep back up. Why don't you just? not do that no because you watch the game and then it's so disheartening and it's like three hours of trauma and then you need to carry that trauma into your real no, life no, no. The, the, i think the operative word that you just used was need and you absolutely don't need to do Zara, that i've been conditioned since birth i'm trying to think if there's anything in my life that could um take it this way this is my religion people might be sad this weekend because it's easter long weekend this is the weekend that my religion no, you're not had its sad own. on the easter long weekend because jesus was resurrected you're sad on good friday aren't you I'm not sure. Oh, God. I, I went to Catholic this is why, school. This is, so did I. And this is why it's a pop culture podcast, not a religion one. I'm trying to think if there's anything in my life that would set the tone for an entire week and that would take me two days to get over. I, um, I don't think I have enough hobbies or passions. You, I think I just exist. If someone told you you couldn't go to brunch for an entire week or to dinner, <laughs> you would be really devastated. Someone cancelled a really good dinner that I had been looking. Yeah, maybe not two days, but maybe a day. I've never known anyone to go to uh, so many dinners. Pineapple on a pizza or not? No. Soccer or rugby? Soccer. Tomato sauce, the fridge or the pantry? Pantry. 
usually girls just agree with what I have to say. Like, it baffled me. This week, journalist and former bachelorette Georgia Love responded to a tabloid article that asked the question, is she pregnant? Alongside a photo of the 29-year-old at her own sister's wedding, the article read, it looked like Georgia Love might have more than one reason to smile. A notable mention even went out to what looked to be the beginnings of a baby bump and a carefully placed peplum. Georgia, how does it feel to read such bullshit about yourself? <laughs> I love how you've worded that because that's exactly what it is. Oh, God. Oh, it was, you know what? It's just so ridiculous that these tabloid magazines can get away with saying that and just complete conjecture and making something up. That's the first thing I think about it, which pisses me off. Yeah. But secondly, like, come on, guys. Like, really, I've got a peplum over my stomach, so that means I'm pregnant. A carefully placed peplum? Thing. A carefully placed <laughs> peplum, of course. But it's like, you know, it's all jokes aside, it's super offensive. I'm not a big girl, but I'm also not a stick figure supermodel size six. That shouldn't mean that I have to feel self-conscious about my stomach. Well, what I found interesting, I think the first thing I thought when I read this was when you took on the role of bachelorette, obviously you consider being in the public eye and what that's going to look like, but did you ever consider that your body was going to be part of that? Look, I think that was hard to answer because in some ways, yeah, I guess I did because, um, you know, I've watched this show before. I've seen people come out of these kinds of shows and just be scrutinized in any and every way. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm not as size six and um, I probably did think about the fact that, okay, I'll probably get some people saying I'm not hot enough, I'm not slim enough, whatever. But I just want to reiterate, I'm also not that. Like, I'm not a big girl. Not at um, all. And that's, that's what makes this whole like thing so ridiculous. So stupid. It is. But I also knew that that would be something, you know, like I was even self-conscious going on the show, um, you know, knowing that those shows always have girls in bikinis and everything. Mm. And my season was filmed in winter, so I thought I'd probably be safe. But, I mean, it's The Bachelorette, so there's still going to be <laughs> hot tub pool or whatever. Of course. Um, <laughs> but I was even self-conscious about that because I know that once someone's in the public eye, they completely open themselves up to, bullying and trolling and scrutiny and I know I'm not, you know, I don't have a perfect bikini body so I hate that that's something that I actually have to consider when I am just a really normal sized person and probably on the smaller side of normal size as well, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah and I mean it's like it's so good that you call it out because what about all those girls who see your photos and see the way the media sometimes reports about you or comments on the Daily Mail that aren't moderated properly? How are they supposed to feel? Like you're tiny and if someone's actually is bigger and this is the commentary around your body, it just contributes to this bizarre culture where everyone needs to be stick thin. Exactly. That's exactly it. If if I'm too big for the norm, if I'm too big to be in the public eye, then you know what the hell kind of precedent does that set? And what does that show younger females as well about what they have to look like or what they should look like? It's this. It's an age old thing. I think it's been around since modelling's been around, since magazines have been around. But with social media and with tabloids, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it's not okay to to make anyone feel like they should look another way, especially someone who is healthy and fit. And, you know, I'm openly a fit person. I 
go to the gym a lot. I talk about doing that. I enjoy that. I eat well, and I'm still getting shamed for having a tummy. That's just my body shape. What, what on earth does that say? to other people that don't look even like me. Yeah, and I think one of the ones that really stood out to me personally was when you've been photographed going for a run or (laughs) exercising and people are still being dickheads about it. It's just ridiculous. It's, I think Australians are really, really bad with tall poppy syndrome. Oh, anyone are. who is in the, the public eye at all or anyone who has any kind of profile, people just want to take them down. And it's a really horrible thing that Australians do, but, but so many of us do it. No, that's very true as well. I think with a lot of people in the public eye that tend to speak out about things a lot, there's this probably fine line between wanting to keep people accountable and I imagine you want to keep the tabloids accountable but also not being that girl that always has to be the poster girl for body image because you're so normal does that do you feel a a need to keep these tabloids accountable all the time or do you worry that this is just going to be a conversation we keep having and having and having yeah I think probably the latter but at the same time I do want to call them out when they do things like this and that's why when I did call them out rather than going you know if you wouldn't stay (laughs) how dare you say this I I mean which is what I felt but I thought it was actually better to put it out there in a in a bit of a light-hearted way but to show and make a point of the fact that you know hey guys look this is what you get when you're not a stick figure size six like just so you guys know, this is what I have to deal with every day. Yeah. And and I know that I put myself in the public eye. That's a thing that I'm never, you know, I'm not complaining about and saying, oh, woe is me. And I have people following me and taking photos and writing articles, boo-hoo. It's not bad. It's just going like, Jesus, you can't even catch a break. You can't go to my sister's wedding, which was papped, by the way. That's a paparazzi. Really? Oh, actually, yeah, that is, that's so just went over my head. Ridiculous. Oh, my that God. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a pap show. Holy <laughs> so shit. ridiculous. Um, so yeah, we've got like there's that part of it is that there were bloody paps at my sister's wedding, <laughs> and then the one photo they put in print isn't even anything about the wedding. It's just like, oh look, she must be pregnant because she's got a bit of a tummy on her. Did your sister worry about that? That it was papped? Was there any sort of um, concern? She didn't know about it until afterwards. So the wedding was in a winery, in it, like in a vineyard. And my dad actually saw the photographer like hiding in the vines and didn't tell us about it until afterwards because he didn't oh, want to kind of freak anyone out. Yeah. But bless my sister and her cotton socks. She loved it. She was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> That's how I would be. And then it happens more than once and you're like, oh, no, this is no fun anymore. But then when you see the article, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, so she was very cool about it. Right. And you, then she wasn't even in the photos. The photos aren't even me and my oh, stomach. <laughs> and that's the other thing. The photo is so ludicrous because I don't even see anything there. It's just stupid. Well, I think what it's actually sparked from, and this is why I bring social media into it. So the other photo that's in that article that says me and Lee um, out at the Grand Prix launch, mm. um, that's like a, this is just quite a, bad like it's not a great photo of me it's a bad angle and I certainly don't look like a size six but Lee posted that photo because you know he he thinks that it was a beautiful photo and he thought it looked beautiful he posted it and then uh, there were like five or six different people who all commented on it like oh someone's glowing oh my god a little baby emoji and oh are we expecting an announcement anytime soon and I think to give Women's Day any possible credit not that they deserve it they've actually not even thought it themselves they've seen that and gone oh there could be an article in this Mm. 
mm. found a photo of me with a peplum and, and put them both together. But it, it sparked from people online. And the most bizarre thing about that response is that these people weren't even being bitchy. They were being like, oh, this is exciting. You've got, you're, like, you're pregnant and there's a baby yeah. on the way quite positively but that's such a horrible negative thing to say to someone if you don't know and for the record I'm not (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we've clarified (laughs) although it would have been nice Um, if you come on here to announce your pregnancy on our podcast (laughs) we would accept that anytime (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird like you're not the only bachelorette as well we should point that out that the media is obsessed with policing their body i mean just this week we saw articles everywhere about sam frost's dramatic weight loss and how she lost 12 kilos and speaking to personal trainers and everything and i guess the narrative around sam frost's body has always been one of weight loss or change between her doing the bachelor and the bachelorette do you think it's Mm. sexist that our media is so obsessed with policing celebrities bodies like they don't do it to men Absolutely. They they don't do that at all. I mean, there are look look at the the bachelors. Like I know for instance, Richie got like super ripped before he went on the bachelor and was more so than he was when he was on the bachelorette. Yeah. I just know that from seeing him personally, but there, there were never articles about that. There's never articles about, you know, guys um, losing form after they've been on a show because they're not on national TV anymore. It's always this narrative. And, and Sam Frost, I think, is a perfect example because if, almost every article about her ever has to mention her, her weight. Mm. As you said, about weight loss and dramatic change and uh, massive weight loss, all this stuff. And that's not, that's not something that people should be focusing on. You know, she's... A, a young woman with a career who's gone through so much in the public eye. She's gone through two really, really public breakups in front of Australia, which, God, I can't even really imagine. Traumatic. You know, like, yeah, God, when I had my heart broken, I did it in the comfort of my room with my cat and like five bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit different. I, I couldn't imagine going through that in the public eye. And she's had that happen twice already. She's gone, you know, through career changes in the public eye she's so strong and she's done so well yet all we still talk about is how much weight she's lost yeah has it any of this in the last few months or year or since you ever went on the show has this coverage or conversations changed the way you feel about your body or you're pretty steadfast on it having not an effect on you um look it has i'm a pretty resilient person and I have a very thick skin um, and that's just who I am personally and that's one of the things that I was quite confident about going on the show for that I know I can I can handle criticism um, so it hasn't made me feel like I should change but it actually has changed um, probably how I act how I dress for instance whenever because I live in Melbourne whenever I come to Sydney I consciously think okay if I go to the beach I have to wear a one piece and not a bikini because there are cats everywhere in Oh, hugely. It's yeah. so, almost every time I'm in Sydney, I'll, I'll get packed really? because I've just got people out everywhere. And I stay in Bondi a lot because I've got lots of good friends who live there and they're just always perhaps kind of just hanging out in Bondi because I think, you know, they know that. Mm. Um, yeah, but I do, I do think that and I'm, I'm conscious. And, you know, things like I said, that, that black dress that I wore to the Grand Prix, I thought it looked great. And then that photo wasn't great. So then that's going to make me go, oh, I don't want to wear that dress again. And it yeah. makes me think 
it makes me second guess what I'm wearing, I suppose, but it doesn't make me second guess how I look. As I said, I go to the gym. I actually work really hard and I'm happy with how I look. And also this is me naturally. Like this is just what I look like. And to to lose weight would not be natural for me. So um, yeah, it hasn't made me question how I look or, or want to change, but it does make me question, I suppose, how I dress. Yeah. So that people can't comment on, on how I look. Yeah. Look, Georgia, you're amazing and we love you. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for, for joining us. If you. Oh, oh no, thank you. With these thank conversations you for making are, me so good. <laughs> these conversations are so important, especially for women like you who are beautiful and um, so many young girls look up to in the public eye that if, if you're having to cop this and you're able to talk about it publicly, then, then any of us can too. Yeah, please keep savaging Women's Day on Twitter. We love it. Yeah, we'll get behind it. (laughs) (laughs) I always will. (laughs) Now it's time for the quick and dirty. As always, we're going to give you five of the biggest celebrity headlines that you might have missed this week. It's your turn this week, Zara. I'm ready. Okay. Um... First on my agenda is a headline from Nine News. Emotional Steve Smith's press conference interrupted by Kyle and Jackie O'Heckler intern Pete. Oh, this infuriated me. We I put have... this on our Twitter page and it got a bit of engagement. Just going to say it. <laughs> Considering we have 30 followers, <gasps> two retweets equals a lot of engagement. I'm learning how to use Twitter now and I'm really enjoying it. But this really riled me up. Obviously, Steve Smith has been everywhere this week. There's been very little room for any celebrity news. No. I don't like Kyle and Jackie O's show at the best of times. And that intern Pete guy is just an absolute douchebag. So he, he I would say heckler is a pretty rough term. I think I've changed my tune on this story, which is why we're going to have different opinions about it. And I don't want to spend too long ranting. But obviously, intern Pete had his time to ask Steve Smith a question when he was in the middle of this very emotional press conference. Where Steve Smith was sobbing. Sobbing. And he compared what Steve Smith was going to through to Married at First Sight, but said, we polled our audience. We're not a sporting audience. But... They don't think what you did was anywhere near as bad as what Dean and Davina did on Married at First Sight. Cue another form of national outrage. I jumped on the outrage bandwagon. I absolutely did. I was like, great, another way, another channel to to push my anger. And then he gave an interview yesterday with News.com. Did you read that one? Yes, I did. Sorry, we're going on way too long of a tangent for this, but this is an interesting story. This is important. Yeah. And he said something like, I didn't, I did not realize that it was going to blow up like this. It oh, wasn't. Whatever. Wait, he said it wasn't a setup. It wasn't anything like this. To be honest, they didn't, they weren't told it was going to be a press conference. Steve Smith just landed in Sydney and all of the media went to just take photos and see if they could get a grab. He called this random press conference and he said, I didn't have a question ready. I wanted to keep the moment lighthearted. I wanted him to know that it wasn't the worst thing in the world. And now we've just gone and got outraged again. Zara, no, you're, you're acting like this is a serious journalist not, who I, goes to events to get serious. Not. He goes easy to targets. rile. Of course, he goes to rile people up, but he did not go to rile people up on this one. And I think it is so hypocritical for us to worry about the cricketers' mental health and then just go and pile on somebody else. I am so exhausted by outrage. I've never seen us get so fired up on the quick and dirty. I'll just say that. He's an idiot. And I think for him to turn around and say, oh, I didn't expect for people to get upset about this. His, com- was- his quotes were quite articulate. He was using Steve Smith's pain for his own public. I totally disagree. In he reflection. was using it for PR. And that's exactly what Carl and Jackie O do. They are shock jocks. And for shock jocks to come out and say, oh, I didn't expect anyone to get offended is 
bullshit. Okay, of course firstly, they expected this. It's, this is another case of us being offended on behalf of someone else because Steve Smith has said nothing about it. He has millions That's because Steve Smith is going through like absolute exactly. trauma right so now. So if he's not speaking about it, why are we so offended all the time? Why are we piling somebody? Because... When you observe something that is clearly disrespectful, we have every right to call it out of as disrespectful. Of course, but we can't project. Hmm. What's the I next just, headline? I just think it's absurd. <laughs> I think it's absurd that we can get so outraged all the time. And I, I jumped on the bandwagon. I haven't too. lost sleep about it. No. I just think it was a really disrespectful no, thing to do. You haven't lost sleep over it, but he is. But I think that's exactly the point. We say a couple of funny tweets, we be a bit ruthless, we jump on a bandwagon, and we're we're literally putting someone in the co- in the centre of a public storm. And I think it's unfair. I don't think anyone ever deserves death threats or trolling. Exactly. I think and he he's does. He doesn't deserve that. I don't there think anyone deserves that, no matter what. I would never say someone deserves death threats. I think maybe he could be a little bit smarter about the way things he goes about the way he goes about things. Yes. And I will be interested to see if this changes much or if it doesn't at all. If it doesn't and he does something stupid again in a couple of months and we can reconvene and I'll agree that he's an idiot. What's his second headline? Next headline. <laughs> Sorry. Um, married at first sight, John Robinson. Robertson. Oh, you can tell already I'm not a married at first sight. <laughs> and Melissa Walsh split making them the last pair from 2018's disastrous season to call it quits. They just can't advertise this show as finding nope. love. They cannot. It's about Instagram followers and it's about trash TV to it's the like, Instagram. I feel like I have a badge of honour this year because I didn't watch this TV show. Yeah, I watched about three episodes and it was as bad as, like, it was as good and as bad as they say. I'm just, I just think it's hilarious that none of them are together. So yeah, what's well, like the third season in a row that none of them have lasted? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, number three from The Fix. Anna Farris says she and Chris Pratt intentionally cultivated a false image of their marriage. I really better. enjoyed this because when they mm. divorced or announced their divorce last year, the world or the very privileged white world, could not believe that they were getting a divorce because the image they put out to everyone was such a fun, happy marriage. I just find it really interesting that they've that she came out and said that and basically said it wasn't anything like what we showed the rest of the world. And we know that. Of course we know yeah. that. But it's just good to be reminded of it. And yeah. good, especially when and it comes to relationships. I think she, it was really interesting that she was expressing, I don't know, if not explicitly, then definitely implicitly, that she almost regrets how perfect they put out their marriage to be on Instagram and how mm. they did cultivate this perfect image because they must have been, and she seemed very surprised by the public reaction when they did break up about how devastated people really yeah. were. She thought this was a huge mistake. I clearly led people on in a very strange niche kind of way. And it actually reminds me um, a really massive Aussie influencer this week hinted that she and her boyfriend have split. And I was shocked because basically they unfollowed each other on Instagram. And she did a YouTube video saying she was really down and needed to distract herself and blah, blah, blah. But I was shocked because I've followed this influencer for probably two years and they looked like the happiest, most sublimely But you know what people. they say, and there's numerous studies to prove this, the, the less prevalent your relationship is on social media, the likelier happy you guys are. Yeah. Okay, number four. I think this is my favourite celebrity story of the week. I'm a mess. Margot Robbie's brother Cameron reveals he's surviving off canned food and pasta because he's poor and says he'll be unemployed in weeks. This is from the Daily Mail. It's nothing like grabbing a couple of jokey Instagram stories, putting it in a headline and making Cameron Robbie look like an idiot. Yeah, and that's funny because I didn't even watch the original video. I was just like, oh, wow, he's going to be unemployed. So I <laughs> fell for that. Poor Cameron's probably walking around and be like, guys, take a joke. Yeah, so he did a couple of Instagram stories like 
like playing into that idea of being a student, being poor, not having a job, being a mess, you know, how fun's adulting kind of um, playing into that. Shtick. Yeah. Haven't heard that shtick before. No. So new, fresh. Wow. Unique. (laughs) Um, Poor Cameron's getting a roasting. No, no, no. He's fine. But he did that. And so all of the headlines came and were... Cameron Ruffy's poor, unemployed, and a mess. It's like oh, these I've- poor celebrities must fucking hate it when it's they say something. Oh well, fine. Someone in the public eye yeah. must hate it when they say something, and then when it's written out, it sounds so far like removed from what the actual intention was. You just strip it of almost all of its meaning. Yeah, he's got thousands of Instagram followers. I'm sure he can get some type of teeth whitener. Did you see the footage of him, um, another tangent, because I really shouldn't be ever be in charge of this segment. Yeah, I know. I'm um, removing this segment <laughs> from you next week. Um, uh, Cameron Robbie interviewed Margot Robbie on MTV. He surprised her on the press junket for Peter Rabbit. Oh, okay. I will post a link to this either in good? our Facebook group or in the show notes. It's a really cute video. I would super, I would so recommend. Basically, okay. Margot Robbie's sitting there with her Peter Rabbit co-star and he comes in. It's just a press junket, so another person's coming in to interview and he sits down and she's like... What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why? And he works for MTV. So they sent him. That would be so funny. She'd be like, Cameron, get off. And then she's like, oh my God, you're an interviewer for MTV. This is amazing. Wait, she didn't know that he worked for MTV? No, she knew that he, he, I think he works behind the scenes for MTV, but he was doing this video, like producing. They should get him... Produce, I, like I think presenting. he will. I think he will. Now. Yeah, of course. That, uh, that video went all over Twitter. Now that we've spent two hours on the quick and dirty, and you want to take me? One. This is also a really funny one. Brooklyn. This is from News.com. Brooklyn Beckham posts heartfelt picture to mum, but what is wrong with Posh's feet? This story was bullshit. I looked at this there was to be like, with her feet. no, there wasn't. It was like, I mean, it was an optical illusion. No, it wasn't. Mm. I looked at that image and I was like, she's pointing her toes. It That's funny. it. She was sort of like half submerged in the water, right? Mm. So her top half was in the water. She was like sitting on a seat in a pool and then her feet were... That story was total clickbait. I that know, wasn't... What am I saying her feet were? Her feet were rising out of the water. They were rising out of the water, but she clearly had just pointed her feet. I don't know. This was a complete fake story. I got really pissed off. I was expecting some weird manky feet and I got pointed toes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's probably fair. Hey, that's all I have for the quick and dirty this week. Thanks, Zara. No worries. I've only shared who I am through my music mm-hmm. and I feel like that I feel like that mystique is very important mm-hmm. and there are things that I still just don't feel comfortable talking about well there have been a few stories ever quite like it last week actress Tiffany Haddish gave an interview with GQ where she told I think the silliest story the world has ever heard she was at a party with a bunch of famous people when an unnamed actress bit Beyonce Haddish asked Beyonce if she wanted her to beat her up Beyonce said no and that was basically it mish did this story go over your head this week or were you all about it uh a bit in between i think the most important fact you actually left out from your little intro she bit her on the face sorry biting someone on like the shoulders like a bit sexual bit weird but biting someone on the face is intimate i would say the act of biting itself is weird regardless of where you bite but i agree face makes it a little bit more rogue yeah very 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 rogue um i will be very transparent about this i had no friggin' clue who tiffany haddish was after i'd heard her name thrown around at the oscars that's i think she that's when she came onto my radar far more i had heard her name and then at the oscars when she presented an award with i have no idea i don't really care about the oscars i think people were like wow who's tiffany haddish was she funny yeah 
Okay. She was funny. She did. A, they. I mean, as far as Oscar awards go, I mean, they're not particularly the funniest. They're intros. so scripted and cringe. So scripted, and you can see them. You can almost see the thought process behind the joke coming out. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like the Oscars red carpet and not the coverage. Anyway, so she's a star of Girls. She's Night. a star of Girls Trip. I oh, think. Yeah. Same. Girls Trip. Yeah, the one with. Yeah. Bunch of women and uh, those girls. On, on holiday, I think. <laughs> and, yeah, so I hadn't really heard of her. She's in a bunch of US dramas that aren't really available in Australia, so that probably contributes to it as well. But when I was researching her for this story, obviously I was like, who is this person? She's got a really interesting history. Does she? She's written a memoir about it. So basically, How old is she? She's not very old. I think she's in her late 30s maybe. Okay. But she's been married twice to the same man then released a memoir alleging that they divorced because he was physically violent and she lost a baby because of it so she's got that's awful yeah so she's got a super interesting history behind her she wrote this after both divorces yes and then he came out and it's been a legal battle but that's another point entirely back to the beyonce story this was at a party last December in LA. This is fresh. This is fresh. And I love it because there were so many celebrities there that it's almost like a smorgasbord that you don't know who to pick. It's like Cluedo. Yeah. But a really fun version. Yeah. So we know it's a woman. Yes. And we know she was taking drugs. That was what the quote from Tiffany had. Right. Said. Because that'll be an anomaly in those worlds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> who would be doing cocaine? Um, but she basically said she was doing the mostest, which I think is slang for saying she was partying the hardest would that be correct i wondered what that quote meant to be I honest think doing I the no most is meant made doing the most drugs are you That's taking how it I quite took literally it. yeah i am but like, i know I'm but just, i have nowhere else to take it so i'm just going to take that literally too i i took that quote to mean she was the biggest partier at that event interesting and what has come out since is just making my life worth living so all of these celebrities have been accused who have been linked to this party or linked to biting Beyonce on the face. And so many have come out to be like, I did not bite Beyonce. It shouldn't be something you should have to come out publicly and say. Um, I think it's hilarious that there was like betting odds on who was most likely. <sighs> and the people at the top of the odds were, were crackers. I've got the top. Have you like, got- yeah. Well, I had, I, I wrote about this during the week and it was like Lena Dunham was at the top. Yeah. She's still the favorite. Is she? I thought that Sarnat, by the way, I know we should have done this far more mysteriously, but there is huge rumours that it's that Sarna Lethem girl. Is that how you say She's her name? She's second favourite, Sarna Lathan, I think it is. Okay, I just... Oh, well, we've covered off both bases, yeah. so one of us is and right. And then in number three, excuse me, old mate Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, and did you say number four? Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I could see, I could see Scarlett going a bit. I don't know. know if I could... I don't really know much about... Scarlett Johansson. Me either. I, I'm just taking this at face value. Do you think people are just being really misogynistic by saying Lena Dunham? I know they're all women, but people have a reserved hate for Lena Dunham. And because she is quite outspoken and quite political, people hate her, like absolutely I, vitriolic I towards her. I don't know her. if it's a misogyny. It's definitely a bias. People, I think, definitely confuse Lena Dunham the person with Lena Dunham's character in Girls, I think, sometimes. And I think because her character in Girls and the, the 
the series that she created was sort of like these uninhibited women that maybe that's what they're thinking. Is that perhaps her own doing though? I feel like maybe she's, she also wrote that autobiography when she was what mid twenties, which is an interesting decision. Our favorite kind of person, the person that writes a memoir at 25. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I mean, either you've had to have a very interesting life or you've got a bit of an ego. I'm just saying it. I, I understand how horrible it is that people hate Lena Dunham and she doesn't deserve that vitriol, but I think she has contributed to the no, idea sorry. that she's I agree with that so I yeah. don't that's why I don't think it's a misogyny I think it's a would bias she, but she might have created that would bias. Lena Dunham bite Beyonce on the face I though? don't see it though I don't see Lena Dunham being a big partier no oh I don't know sometimes it's those Tricky. ones you don't expect yeah true. um I was surprised that Jennifer Lawrence wasn't higher on the, the betting odds just because oh, that's an easy get no way would she bite Beyonce not, but I could imagine the general public assuming that that's something <laughs> that Jennifer Lawrence would do it's so funny that this story came out this week because I was actually on my days off which was Monday this week I developed this weird random intense fascination with the Beyonce and Jay-Z cheating saga so I don't know what it was I think I heard a Beyonce song on the radio when I was driving in my car got home and was like I need to know everything about what happened between Jay-Z and Beyonce and was going through every video and article and podcast I could find about it and maybe it was Becky with the good hair well there is a few people saying it could be Becky with the good hair, which just makes the riddle that little bit harder to solve because we don't actually know who Becky with the good hair is. Yeah, there was rumors that it could be it could be Rita Ora, which would just be so funny. Oh, if Rita Ora, yeah, she was um, one of the top ones that they named as Becky with the good hair, and then there was uh, the stylist and fashion designer Rachel Roy was probably the name. I remember Rachel Roy. Anyway, back to the Beyonce biting. Well, I think it has to be for. something like that. Why else would you bite Beyonce on the face unless you were well, sleeping with? Husband. To be honest, TMZ came out with multiple sources on the uh, anonymous sources, though, but multiple anonymous sources saying it was this Sana Latham girl. Yeah, and I've never who really... is an actress that we hadn't really heard of. No, she's kind of gone over my head just like Tiffany Haddish has. So from what I can gather, again, Sana is a an actress, and she's been on a bunch of US productions again that aren't very popular in Australia. I can just imagine though, with this kind of story coming out, how furious someone like Beyonce would be, who's cultivated this image of perfection by not saying much anymore and not even she just hasn't... perfection it's like you can't touch her she's got this idea where she's almost like a goddess and a yeah. supernatural human being that she's that divine that, that you, you can't touch her yeah, and this is then the think opposite of, someone of that biting this is someone's her. teeth touching her it's so <laughs> well she got people to sign a non-disclosure yes, agreement which was, that's what i was getting to so Beyonce, I think, for context-wise, doesn't give interviews anymore. Nobody profiles her. She doesn't say anything anymore. And so for this story to come out is quite extraordinary because you can imagine she would have shrouded this entire scenario in silence. Now, ever since Tiffany Haddish came out to GQ and told the story, by the way, great get by GQ. Oh, yeah, bravo, GQ. Um, Have you read... Katie Weaver writes these profiles. Have you read? She's about to leave GQ for the New York Times, I think. Really? She is one of the my favorite celebrity writers because her profiles are always funny. Mm. So when everyone takes this Hollywood celebrity world very seriously, Katie Weaver cracks jokes all the way through the profiles. They're brilliant. I would recommend just reading her stuff. All right, we'll put so, a link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. And so great get by then but tiffany haddish has come out since and said i can't say anything anymore because i've been forced to sign an nda and then all of this happens as beyonce drops a verse on top of which is a collaboration with dj Khaled. this is where i'm really stretching my music music knowledge <laughs> dj Khaled, and said 
And everyone's thinking that there's a verse in there that, I mean, a line in there that hints it to Haddish because there's a line that says, if they're trying to party with the queen, they gon' have to sign a non-disclosure a. I hate, just- <laughs> I hate that I just had to read that out. You should sing it. Do you want to sing it for us? Because she said gon, like G-O-N, not gon. Gon. Anyway, she's going to have to sign a non-disclosure. That happened the day after the story was published. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I just think Team Beyonce and Team Jay-Z clearly have just incredible machinery behind them. And this whole story literally made my week. I think it's Sana. I agree with you. Okay, well, I'm glad we got there. <laughs> you know, I've realized that I'm probably just perfect and it's everybody else around me that's got issues. The Kardashian Scott Disick is away on a Mexican holiday with his girlfriend Sophia Ritchie right now. For the first time, bringing along his three children, Mason, Penelope and Rain. The couple have made headlines since they were photographed cuddling on a yacht last year. At the time, Disick was 33, Ritchie just 18. The pair have been an item despite the 16-year age difference for over a year now, which begs the question, why are so many famous men attracted to much younger women? Oh, go on, please (laughs) throw me a big one. Um, Look, I'm not going to say this is the kind of issue that keeps me up at night, but it definitely keeps me guessing during the day. Like there are definitely times where I am wondering what it is about the world that makes me think anecdotally so many older men not only just leave their wives, but start dating younger women. Yes. Like it it cannot possibly be a coincidence. And it's not just Scott Disick here. I mean, I'll give you a bit of background to other celebrities who this is similar for there's a 17 year age gap between jerry seinfeld and his and his wife 36 year age gap between steve martin and his partner alec baldwin and his wife have a 25 year age difference clint eastwood 35 years the age difference between michael douglas and Catherine zeta jones is 25 years so this is a lot of famous men and that was me googling for two minutes i yeah. just copied and pasted oh, that i imagine you could find a whole bunch of more like bigger age gaps as well Um, and in australia this is obviously us but back in australia as well there's always something that has i've struggled with about this relationship i think namely first not because of the age gap per se but because she was 18 when they started dating yeah i mean 18 i find very young i'm 23 and i still feel quite young um and i i think i always struggled first and foremost because of this and because of her, her, her age. But what I found really interesting when I was going back through the archives, the internet archives and reading all about this is there is not one thing I have been able to pick up on this. That's been smart. Like nobody has analyzed this relationship or come out and said anything clever about it, which I found really hard to grapple with because it's like, nobody wants to cast judgment on this relationship, but nobody wants to really encourage it either. Yeah. I think the difficulty with Scott Disick and Sophia Ritchie in particular is because Sophia Ritchie has been in the public eye since she was a child. She's obviously the daughter of Lionel Ritchie and the sister, half sister of Nicole Ritchie. So we've known her on the periphery for a while now. And because we've to a certain extent seen her grow up, we feel familiar with her and because she, she was grew up 18. With Kylie Jenner, right? Yeah, she's she's super young. She used to date Justin Bieber. So that really puts into perspective. I thought Courtney Kardashian also dated Justin Bieber for a couple of hot oh, minutes. So did Miranda Kerr. And there we go. Here's our older women dating younger men. We've just ruined our entire point. No. It is I mean, it's still common for 
I mean, we should probably be clear, is that it's so common. You've got like the Deborah Lee Finesses and, and Hugh Jackmans of the world, but it just seems so much more common for these older men to date these younger women. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Yeah, absolutely. I think I feel the exact same way. I feel uncomfortable when I see Sophia Ritchie with Scott Disick, particularly because he's a father of three and we've seen him so much on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He's obviously the ex-partner, long-term partner of Kourtney Kardashian. But it does raise an interesting question for me. I don't know if that's my bias that I immediately think that Sophia Ritchie is young and therefore she is stupid and can't make her own decisions because there's a huge age gap between George Clooney and Amal Clooney and I never looked at them and thought, oh, she's an idiot. Why is she dating an older guy? Or, oh, he's gross. Why is he dating a younger woman? And maybe that's me really putting this unfair bias onto Sophia Ritchie, acting like she's stupid and doesn't have agency. Well, this is what I struggle with is because I don't think we can possibly sit here and say there's not a problem or some remnant of problem with an age gap that big when somebody is so young. But the other thing that I struggle with is the minute you say there's an awkward power dynamic, you strip her of all her power. Mm. So I think then we can't possibly focus on Sophia because she might well be a really mature 18, 19 year old. So what we need to do is probably focus on Scott. And I think it wouldn't be unfair of me to say that there's something really off-putting. I would say off-putting. I was going to say interesting to just be a little bit more diplomatic. Let's, but go, let's go rogue. Let's go absolutely um, <laughs> rogue. <laughs> um, about men that choose women that A, aren't as old as them, B, haven't seen as much as the world as them, and C, don't share the same wisdom as them. And I think we see this with Leonardo DiCaprio a lot. All the time. There was a brilliant article in Slate a couple of years ago about the fact that someone, some journalist um, did the maths and said Leonardo DiCaprio has never dated a woman over the age of 25. Holy shit. It's amazing when they put all the maths down. So he's gotten older, but his girlfriends have stayed the same age. So when he was 20 to 25, he was dating 20 to 25 year olds and he's gotten older and he hasn't, his girlfriends haven't aged. And it's so interesting that that's the case. It's really interesting. And I think... We can say right then and there that if you are choosing someone based on their age and stuff, I think that's an insecurity thing, truly. Mm. I think there must be something about your own insecurities that say, I don't want to date someone that is necessarily going to challenge me in a way that someone 20 years older would challenge me. And that's not to say these women are stupid, but they haven't seen as much of the world no, of as course. older women of have. Of course. I think it's even to say, I don't want to date someone who mirrors myself. So there's an insecurity there with the process of aging or physical appearances or whatever that says, I don't want to date someone who reflects back onto me what my life looks like right now. Well, interesting that you say that because Kerry Sackville, who is a columnist for the for Fairfax. Yeah, I love her. She writes beautifully um, and also is really funny with her words as well. Yeah, she's great. She wrote this really interesting piece because she writes a lot about dating um, and things like that. And she wrote this really interesting piece only about a month ago now. And she quoted a woman called Stacey London, who's an American stylist and, and host of What Not to Wear. And we were, they were talking about um, in this interview with Stacey London, why older women, older women, older men do date younger women. 
And she, Stacey Landon said, I think the reason is because women are devalued as they age and it's because we've internalized the male gaze. So it's this oh. idea that men see their partner as a, as a mirror to themselves or a reflection of themselves. Women don't see their partner as a reflection of themselves. They see themselves through the eyes of their partner. Interesting. Really interesting because it means then men want to go lower and lower by age wise yep. we're talking and women don't see it like that. It's, it's not the same concept because we've internalized this male gaze. Oh. For me, that was the first time I'd heard anything that put a little bit of sense to this because otherwise it can't just be a coincidence that this happens time and time and time again. Yeah, it. that's really interesting. I really love that um, description of it. I think that could be spot on. It, it does speak to some extent to the level of that man's maturity for me sure because i don't understand what a father of three who's in his mid-30s has why does he have an interest in a teenager that to me is the biggest question mark on this whole thing i don't really look at her because i can imagine being attracted to the power and the influence and the maturity i don't understand what there is to find intellectually stimulating about someone who's half your age basically no and i think we do need to be clear and i know i've said this already it's nothing on their intelligence or their maturity it's simply the fact that they haven't lived it's life experience you've lived 16 or 17 years on them yeah at that age and when you're 18 that's half their life or that's another one of their lives yeah and it is really insulting to the ex-partners i mean so he's gone from dating courtney kardashian who i'm not going to act like she's got the hardest life in the world what i am going to say is that Courtney Kardashian is a mum of three, has raised his three children, has gone through 10 years of hardship and his sex addiction and alcohol and drug problems and whatever else have you. So there is baggage between him and his long-term partner. How annoying must it be to carry all that, to experience all that, and then see your partner run off with a girl who probably hasn't even left home, who has no responsibilities, yeah. who whose body is that of an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old? That would be so frustrating. And we see it. I mean, the whole reason the country got so incensed at Carl Stefanovic for leaving Cassandra Thornburn for his much, much younger now fiancé is because we're sick of that dialogue. That dialogue is so, and that narrative is so well-trodden now that man raises kids with wife, gets sick of her, decides he wants to date some young 18-year-old or not 20-year-old or whatever and runs off. And that's so exhausting for women because it makes you feel discarded. Of course. And I think when we have these conversations, a lot of people... Uh, are wondering why there's so much outrage or there's so much fear around. And they think it's because women are worried that that it will happen to them. Of course. And it's super patronizing that kind of dialogue, but it's absolutely true. Not necessarily worried that it's going to happen to them, but an insecurity that it could happen to anyone they know because it seems to happen all the time. Oh, I would absolutely feel that fear. Absolutely. I think it's it really speaks to something that is so universal that you will do all the hard yards. You will raise this man's children, obviously. You'll raise <laughs> like, them together, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't mean... No, 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 I know. Classic gender roles. I mean, you will go through all that together and then for them to run off. I just, I don't know, with men like Scott Disick and Leonardo DiCaprio and all these other men who date women so much younger I think it says far more about them than it does the women involved I agree and I also wish there was so I I just wish there was more smart discourse around this relationship in particular around because there's nothing around about it that's smart yeah I wonder if in the case of Scott Disick it's a case of him wanting to run away from 
any of the tough aspects of his life with Sophia Richie, they're constantly on holidays living an absolute life of luxury and I think that just says a lot to me that you want to run away and date some 19 year old and spend your life on a yacht instead of with your partner of 10 years who raised your children with you I think that's all we've got time for today I think that might be it. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode four. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast feed. We're also an independent, tiny little independent podcast, so we'd really love your love if you wanted to give us a review of five whole stars. No pressure, but do it. Uh, And anything like that, you are so more than welcome. (laughs) Don't forget, you can take part in the conversation by joining our Facebook group. Search for Shameless Celebrity Gossip on Facebook and come be our friend. You can also email us our thoughts if you're so inclined. Our email is shamelessthepodcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter. Yeah, do that. Do we're, it. We're do it all. Be, as we said last week, we will be live tweeting The Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> in case you needed extra commentary. So come join in on the fun there too. We're taking applications for our number one ticket holder. So if you want your name in the ring, better do all that. Sure. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.